Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Welcome back, everybody, to another amazing episode of For the Love of Money. And today, I am so excited to be sitting down with a friend of ours, Amber Liliestrom. Now, many of you probably already know Amber from her beautiful social media that she puts out there, or because you listen to her podcast, or you're a member of her Soul Fueled CEO Academy, or you're a part of the Soul Fueled Mastermind. But Amber literally pulls out of you what your brand is, what you're meant to do, and helps you monetize it. She loves working with women entrepreneurs. She loves helping those mommypreneurs thrive, and that is what we talk about. We talk about not only how she helps women thrive in finding their business and growing their business, but more importantly, how her business has absolutely skyrocketed the past year from just getting started to setting almost seven-figure records coming up next year. What changes have occurred in her life to cause this? What shifts in her mindset have been responsible? And what she has done to get on this rocket ship pace. So make sure you sit down, tune in, and get excited because Amber drops so many great nuggets for us all. All right, Amber, my friend, thank you so much for being on with me today. Hey, Chris, I'm so honored and excited to be here. This is so much fun because the episode that you interviewed me on actually came out today on the same day that I get to interview you. So it's kind of coming full circle. It's fun stuff. Yeah, I'm so excited. My my audience has already been raving about the conversation. So I'm, uh, I I'm love that. That excites audience. me. Yeah. So, you know. I feel like I want to fast forward right away to talk about how you've blown the roof off of your money mindset, limiting beliefs, and all the incredible results that are pouring in for you now. But we can't. We have to start at the beginning, <laughs> right? Because what good is the now if people don't know everything that led up to it? So right. let's start here. Who is Amber Liliestrom? Amber Liliestrom is a passionate soul on a mission she is a mompreneur, a wife, a devoted wife and friend and soul sister, and someone that is here just simply to push herself beyond her own human limits <laughs> and the mindset uh, roadblocks that come up along the way to be the best version of, of who she was born to be. You and I have had so many conversations about roadblocks and pushing through and all mm -hmm. that stuff. I can't wait to talk about some of them today. So... Let's kind of talk about when you grew up. Um, how were you taught to view money and success growing up? Well, it's funny because I actually had a, another download just just in the last like 24 hours about how um, really money was something that was always a struggle and always um, actually caused pain and caused stress. And I had this, this realization uh, just literally like this morning that as our income is growing, there's a lot of unknowns that kind of go along with that. Yet there's a lot of fear tied to some of the experiences that my parents went through with, you know, just getting letters from the IRS in the, in the mailbox 
and um, having my parents, they, they went through bankruptcy at one point and these really challenging and, um, you know, they ended up being like shameful situations my parents endured that I internalized around money and made it really scary. And so to be an entrepreneur and to have to, you know, send in tax payments and to have to manage those things on your own, there's this inherent sort of beneath the surface instability that I realized I had been feeling. And it, that was actually becoming a limiter in my business's growth. Ah, because you were almost getting this feeling like if I become too successful and this stuff starts to pour in too quickly, what if I don't pay enough taxes or what if I forget yes. to pay it? And, and those fears kind of stop you in your tracks. Yes. Yes. They're debilitating and they bring you back to actual physical visceral experiences from childhood of watching your parent come through the door after going to the mailbox with a letter from the IRS and then like everything stopping like the whole like you feel like maybe the world is going to fall apart and, and you don't understand it at the time when it actually was like all okay and fine but I internalize that as a young child as we're going to lose our house we're going to lose everything there's instability we're not safe and then and then realizing that that like inner child, that that child is still part of us, right? They, that part of us never leaves. That that child is always with us. But it's our opportunity and our invitation as adults to compassionately parent all aspects of ourselves, to compassionately parent those former versions of us that are still scared. So what else did you see? What else were you taught about money growing up? Um, definitely a lot of languaging around and, and really like even into my career um, in a division one athletic institution that was um, a public institution. It, so it really carried forth just, you know, these belief systems around uh, being wealthy is is being selfish and like the quote, the, the line must be nice. So it must be nice to to be able to go on vacation or it must be nice to have, you know, your car, or your home paid for and language like that, which it, I recognize, you know, as we become more successful in our business, how those kinds of things pop up. And you and I, we had a really intimate conversation about that at, at dinner when I was out in Santa Monica with you guys about how those are kind of like the little landmines that pop up and you don't even realize it. And how now all of a sudden you're the person that, that perhaps friends, family, old coworkers are saying must be nice actually too. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a crazy thing to start realizing happens, right? You, the people that were cheering you on the whole time at a certain point, when you get past a certain line, they go from cheering you on to the ones that say must be nice. Yes. And I remember, um, that when we bought our, um, our BMW, so we have an X5. I love, I love the car. It's a great car. Um, I call it my mom mobile cause it's an SUV. And, <laughs> um, I remember that literally for probably the first six to maybe eight months of having the car that I felt a little bit ashamed of driving the car around because it was a nice car and it was different than a lot of the cars most of my friends and family members were driving. And it felt like, even just saying it right now, it's just, it's this funny sort of feeling, you know, that it felt kind of icky um, to, to give ourselves something that we, we really felt proud of and that made us feel great and made us feel safe, you know, in so many levels and realms, but it was another exemplification of that internal work that I really need to do for myself. So what kind of work are you doing to get past all of these limiting challenges that seem to keep popping up as you become more and more successful? You know, I am just committed to, uh, 
so it's sort of like facing the beast and seeing it and then and then asking myself more deeply like what is this really about because i know it's always about something that needs a little more light a little more love a little more healing um a little more vulnerability and actual conversation and so um, I'm reading books, but I'm also just working with coaches and, and folks who are playing at a, at a higher level, at a bigger level and around money specifically and allowing myself to just say, okay, this is, this feels a little uncomfortable, uh, but I'm going to do it anyway. And in keeping company with people who are constantly challenging me to think bigger and to think around the, the, the bigger impact that I was put here to make and that this work and this portal is going to allow me to make. And I think, and I was thinking about this before we, we got on today that, you know, I think that our bank accounts and our bodies are really truly these beautiful mirrors for where we are at, you know, with our relationship with ourselves in so many ways. Oh my God, they totally are. And our bank accounts and our bodies oftentimes operate on the exact same fundamentals, right? The same fundamentals of discipline, the same yeah. fundamentals of delayed gratification, of hard work. Yes. Like they really are great mirrors of what's going on inside of us. Yes. And and I really um I just I the belief that action builds belief is something that I, I say to myself every single day. And so it's like what what is the most life giving action I can take right now to instill motivation in others, obviously through myself, right? So how can I inspire others to be the best version of themselves presupposes that I'm doing that for myself every single day. So what are the actions that you're taking right now? Give us an example. So it's, it's the, the little things like giving myself permission to want what I want, Chris, and saying for, in order for this business to grow, we as a family have to make some hard decisions that are going to be sort of against the, the grain of the status quo. So the perfect example of that is we just retired my husband, who was a police officer for 11 years. Congrats, by the um, way. How cool is that? Thank you. So exciting. And we kind of came to this crossroad where we looked at the business and at the the trajectory of the growth that we've been experiencing. And I just said, you know what? We can't we can't stop this train on the tracks right now. And you going back to work on a day shift right now because the shift was changing every three months and it always felt like this spin cycle for me to try to figure it out because we, we are parents, we have a three-year-old daughter and it's the major part of the story is me being home, um, us being home to be a, as much a part of her day-to-day -day life as possible. That is, that is fundamental to us. Family is, is our, you know, number one of our number one values. And, um, I knew that the business could not go to where it's going on the trajectory that it's on if Ben was not home to not only help work in the business, but also to help support me too, uh, on all aspects and angles. I just, and we have, are just having, we're having so much fun. We get to go for, we're getting to work out more. We're getting to exercise together. And really that that's been our vision. And as I said, on the interview with you, Chris, that you and Lori have just been such role models to us and, and friends we've looked up to for, for a number of years now. And the fact that we are actually, you know, doing our version of the way you guys do things in so many ways, is just, it's so exciting because it's us operating at a higher level and, and in clearing the space and the clutter from the stuff that's not making us feel good to be these master visionaries, creators, and leaders that we are. Oh, I absolutely love not only hearing it, but seeing it like on your Insta stories yesterday when you guys are out running and all that stuff now that he's retired. Mm -hmm. It's the coolest thing ever to see. So let's talk about your business because all of a sudden it has just blown the roof yeah. off. Like yeah. the trajectory and the speed is on a rocket ship. So let's paint a picture for everybody. When did you start your business? 
So I started my business in uh, March, oh, excuse me, May of 2014. And I left my career in collegiate athletics. I was a division one athletic administrator in marketing and branding and um, was really at the top of my field there and uh, had this life altering experience. My daughter was born and realized that this was, this was not it. This was not the platform that I was going to be able to make the biggest impact on. And I had made a huge impact on it and I loved my job, but it was time for me to spread my wings and fly. And I launched my business with one client. And that then um, grew to four clients by the time I left and just continued to, to snowball and grow from there. And um, I, so I, I teach branding and business coaching, but really beneath the surface, I'm helping people become soul-fueled CEOs. I'm helping them become more of who they really are. I'm helping them come home to their truth and then create brands and businesses that are going to align with that because that's how they're going to be the most powerful version of themselves. It's how they're going to be the most fulfilled and happy version of themselves. And so that's what I am obsessed with is studying really successful brands and businesses and then learning from them and then helping extrapolate those teachings and those learnings and gifting that to my clients and also just experimenting with myself in the process through this growth. I love the way you phrase on your website, how you describe what you do. You say, my superpower is helping you figure out exactly what it is that you want for this one mm -hmm. precious life and walking with you while we take mm -hmm. swift energetically aligned and wildly inspired action to turn those dreams into done. I mean, that is, that so <laughs> beautifully kind of ties up exactly what you do for people. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much fun and it's, it's giving people permission to be who they really are. And that, I mean, that is at the moral of the story of everything. And that is the channel to the greatest level of abundance, gratitude, joy, receiving all of it, right? It's when you get into the, you get clicked into that track and that's when your life really starts to expand. And that's what's happened in the business. Um, and I've really sort of like bushwhacked the things that were not in alignment with my highest calling and what I'm the very best at. And it's been a process. You know, I, I definitely started my business Cirque du Soleil and doing everything for everyone and slicing and dicing myself because I didn't value myself at the beginning. And I didn't under, you know, I had a lot of limiting beliefs around money at the beginning. And what I've learned over this, these last three years is just the more I honor what I feel called to and what I am the very best at, the more abundance and, and goodness there is in, in my business, my bank account, the way my body feels and in my relationships. Wow. What a simple, but important lesson for everybody to really grasp. Like the minute mm -hmm. that you finally give in to what you are called to do is when the abundance rolls in. But for so long, yes. we, we seem to resist that, don't we? Well, it's because we're trained to, and it's like these beautiful, well-intentioned people on our path who maybe didn't quite get those same lessons are trying to keep us safe. And I really believe that to be true. You know, our, our parents are just trying to impart the wisdom on us that they've learned. And they're, and I just, I really try to leave with so much forgiveness and grace and knowing that they have done the best they possibly can. And it's been pretty great because it's positioned me to be in a place and space now in my life where I am working from home, raising my child, helping people all over the world, and I'm doing it with my husband on the side. And it reminds me of what Tony Robbins says around, you know, you have to, you have to blame appropriately. You have to blame consciously and you have to thank the people in your life, specifically your parents for everything that they've taught you, all of it, 
right? And my parents have taught me how to be really resilient and they've taught me how to be a hard worker and they've taught me how to not give up on my dreams. And they have taught me about compassion and empathy and true forgiveness and not um, having expectations of other people that are, you know, just at all, like, and just really meeting people right where they are. And that has helped me to become a way better coach, uh, parent, wife, and friend. I love that. So I still want to go back three years ago. You started with one client, quickly got it to four. When you mm -hmm. made that scary choice, because here's what a lot of the listeners <laughs> always want to know. When you made the scary choice of leaving behind an already successful career that you liked, it's not like you hated it and you couldn't wait to get out of there. Um, right. Had you already made up that same salary and clients or like, how did you make that transition for your family? No, Chris, I was making $650 a month with that first client. Wow. So, <laughs> wow. so it was, a, it was a bold leap, but here's what I knew. I will always, and this, this is, this belief is so affirmed now for me. I will always bet on myself. And because I, the only sure bet in my life that I have any control over is me. It's so And true. so that was, that was at the foundation and it doesn't mean I wasn't afraid. I was, but it was also that you know, I was more afraid of what my life was going to look like if I stayed sitting in that chair, knowing what I knew, knowing what I, that clarity around what it was I wanted to do and what was possible. And so it, it really becomes, you know, change only happens because we get too uncomfortable in what's happening in our lives. And so I was ready for change and we knew what our numbers were. So that's another important piece to just to state. It was that we did a spreadsheet. We had an out, like we were, we were tight on the budget. We had everything kind of mapped out. We had made some changes with like little things, but they felt like big things. You know, like canceled cable because who needs that anyway, right? We got rid of cable. <laughs> we um, we sold our, we had a Subaru that we had a rel like kind of a high, higher payment on. We sold it. And um, we, we, Ben's dad gave us one of his older cars and it had, it, funny enough, it had a leak in the gas tank, but Ben was like, it's fine. We'll just drive it around for, and I, I won't fill the tank all the way and it won't overflow. <laughs> <laughs> So we were driving this car that had this like hole in the gas tank and we just, we just made choices that were really conscious because we were making space for more of what we wanted and we were welcoming that into our life. This is the best people need to hear this. So, and, and Lori and mm -hmm. I did a, a version of this as well when we were quote, taking a few steps back to, to get a running start, but people need mm -hmm. to really understand what you did. You got rid of a car that you loved and drove a borrowed or gifted car that had a freaking yeah. leak in the gas tank leak. so that you could afford to leave and yeah. pursue your business. Like people yeah. aren't willing to do that. Most people aren't willing to do that, are they? No, they're, you know, they want everything to be perfect. And I just think this is a, you know, how do you want to live your life in the long run? And man alive, you know, wow. And I like what great stories these things become down the path, you know, like what a, what a funny, like cool story that is to go. Yeah. We drove this like janked up Honda Accord with a hole in the gas tank and rust over the wheel wells, but we were so grateful because we, we were going to offer to pay for it. And Ben's dad said, no, you can just have it. It's fine. I was just going to trade it in anyways and get rid of it. And we were so grateful because then we had wheels. We had two cars. There was a period of time where we only had one car. Uh, while we were kind of going through that transition. And I remember one day, this is, this is really crazy. My daughter, um, the cat bit my daughter <laughs> and I had to, I had to take her to urgent care. And so I, what did I do? I, I rode my bike or something, or I like pulled her in. I pulled, no, no I, ran, 
I ran with her in the stroller and it was like, it was like a four and a half, like five mile run. And it wasn't like a crazy emergency, but I was like this, I felt so proud, Chris. I was like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. This is the choice we've made. And it was like emboldening me on the journey. And I was like, I'm going to take care of my kid. I'm doing this business. All of it's working out. I never, ever lost my connection with my big vision and what I knew I was creating. And that is what propelled me every single day. And that's what, what still makes me get out of bed every morning. Oh my God, I love this. So anybody who is teetering on, I've got a calling, but I would have to give up this, this, and this in order to have the time or the money to do it. They just received a massive gift from you. I love that. So here we are today. I mean, that was just three years ago. That's nothing. I know. Here we are today and all of a sudden you're just exploding. I mean, rocket ship type of of pace. What's changed from the business where you were making $650 a month with one client? I'm guessing when you said it ramped up to four, maybe you were around two grand a month then or something like that. Uh, How did you grow into this thing that is going to far surpass a half a million dollars the rest of this year and seven figures Mm -hmm. next year? Yeah. So... It's funny. I, you know, I think that when I look back on the dots of my life and I look back at the places where I've had the most success and the places where like those sort of wild leaps happened, um, you know, as, as a division one athlete and, and my career and then becoming, you know, one of the, the future president of all the sport marketing administrators in the country and all of that, I was, all these things took leaps. They took leaps of faith. They took, uh, some risk, but, what I knew to be true about all those things was that it was going to lead me closer to my, to my bigger purpose, which is to just inspire people and to empower them to, to be more of who they really are and to share their gifts with the world. And that's sort of like, that's just been running beneath the surface all the days of my life. I've always known that I've always wanted to empower people to just embrace and accept themselves because I didn't, I didn't for so much of my life. And so I, I do now in ways that I never did before. And so I think that the, the, at the very core of it, and this is like the moral of the story for success for anyone. I love myself, Chris. I accept myself now. I see myself and I, I don't abandon myself anymore. I stick with it. I stick with whatever the challenge is. I ask for help when I need it. And I don't just like bail on me and say, you know, and, and crush myself the way that I used to. That's remarkable. So I'm going to push you even further when I say what's changed. Mm -hmm. Like what specifically did you do to create these types of breakthroughs and views? I've worked with coaches. I've worked with a therapist. You know, I like tie, I've really worked to tie up uh, those energetic leaks within myself. I listen to Abraham Hicks every day. I mean, almost every day. Um, I've even been on the hot seat with Abraham, which is just such a cool story. Um, I've gone to Tony Robbins events. I have been just on, I've just said yes to myself and I trust myself in ways that I, oh, never did. Um, and I think I, it's like, I just keep giving myself these tests and these invitations and these, these places and spaces. I've been more vulnerable with my husband and allowing him to support me. Um, and I've opened up to have much deeper friendships and, and leaning on some key women in my life where I, I just stopped trying to do it all by myself, Chris. Mm, that's the good stuff right there. Those details yeah. are what people need to hear. They need to know where to invest their time, their money, their effort and all that. Speaking of, of investing, by the way, I know you've done a good job of investing back into yourself um, mm-hmm. through masterminds and, and all these other things. And some of them are pretty high <laughs> ticket items. You mentioned Tony Robbins. Yep. 
the mastermind that we're in, et cetera. What's been the best investment that you've made in yourself now that you've been able to afford some of these larger investments? The best investment I've made in myself. You know, I think, uh, honestly, I think going to the Tony's events, um, starting back in 2015. And I mean, I had a moment where I was there at the event and I, and so the first, the UPW was not a huge investment. That was like, you know, thousand dollars or something. And I went and I did it. And, and also the other piece too, I would add is that there's not just a financial investment, but there's also a time investment because I'm away from my family. I'm away from my daughter. I'm away from the chair and growing my business. So the investment does, it has ripple effects, right? When you go and you do these things. Um, but of course it's exponential. And I remember sitting in the chair there, they were pitching us on, you know, date with destiny and this next level of things. And I just stood up, Chris, and I had just had my most successful, it was like my first launch and I had made, I don't know, 15 grand or something. I stood up, I walked to the back of the room and I wrote a $10,000 check. And I said, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, because if I want to go to the next level, then I need to be able to do this. And so it was, my friend was with me and she was like, are you crazy? And then a couple of days later, she did the same thing. And we went to date with destiny together. And that event was, 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 it cracked me open. It helped me heal some really deep childhood stuff. And it was just like this testament to myself that I proved to myself that when I invest in me, it is the greatest investment I will ever make in my lifetime because it, it pays in dividends exponentially. And it, and it's also an investment in my clients because everything that comes through me is what I'm going to gift back to the people that I get to serve. And so you can never go wrong when you invest in yourself. Oh, I absolutely freaking love that. So who do you look up to now in business? Who are you kind of setting your sights on to learn from? You know, I, I really enjoy learning from Lewis Howes as we have in our mastermind. It was just such an incredible experience being there and present with him and watching how he has done things in such a heart-centered and um, soulful way. I look up to you and Lori. Um, I just love what you guys have crafted in, in such an authentic and um, heart-centered way. Obviously, um, Tony Robbins is... Uh, is, is like a mentor for me in so many ways. And, and one of my, um, people say a lot like, Oh, Amber, you're, you're like, you want to be the next, you know, female Tony Robbins. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've taken so much from him. I've taken some from Beyonce. You know, I look up to (laughs) the way she does her business. In fact, there's a video today that I shared where she's singing. I'm also a singer. So like, there's that too. She's singing, her hair gets caught in a fan and she keeps singing, Chris. She doesn't miss a note while she and her, I guess it's her security team, are unwinding her, unraveling her hair out of the fan. And then she just keeps walking on her way singing like it never even happened. I love that. The next Beyonce Robbins. How's that? Yeah, I love it. That sounds awesome. And I also really love Sarah Blakely. Um, I think that I love what she's created. I love that her company is still private. Um, and really how I just, I love people who are innovators and who see an opportunity and then they just step into it with curiosity and they allow their curiosity to lead them more strongly than their fear. Yeah. Sarah Blakey, Blakely and, um, her husband, Jesse Itzler, what an awesome oh, combo they are, right? Love, they're, they are amazing. I love them both. So I also know that you're an incredibly generous person. What role has generosity played in your success, both in people being generous to you or in you being generous has helped boost your business? Yeah. So I think, um, you know, I, I think I go all the way back to my very first program that I did. And there was a woman in there, her name was Zoe Richards, and she offered to coach me for free. 
And I couldn't afford a coach at that time. You know, and I was going through this program and it was great, but you know the difference between going through a program and then having someone actually, you know, holding your hand and coaching you one-to-one, especially when you're new to this. And I'll just never forget that experience because Zoe just, it was like, she was just like, she's not even coaching anymore. She was just like this angel that we had this synchronicity and she had been an HR professional. So she supported me in the process of leaving my job and the things I needed to be thinking about with that and how to like properly do that. Cause I never, that was my first job. I never left a job, a career before I was there for 10 years. And so I'll never forget that generosity. And so I have really tried, um, to, you know, I have a free Facebook group that I love to just like give free support to people. I've created programs that are really low point of, you know, uh, entry in some ways to just, to just like love on former versions of me, women who don't know how to do it and they're overwhelmed and they're scared and they're, but they, they're so passionate about their calling. And so I've really tried to model that inside of my business. And then all of my programs have a kickback, um, component to them as well to I right now local charities for me because I'm really vested in my community um, specifically one organization called Haven New Hampshire which is uh, supports the recovery um, and prevention of sexual abuse and violence um, and domestic violence and I'm a survivor of childhood sexual abuse and so being able to stand on stage and share my story and then make a donation from stage uh, that served as a catalyst for them to like more than I don't even know uh, I think like 10 X their income that night on the event, because I made a donation and it inspired people when I shared my story. And I did that as the CEO of my business, Chris. And so that was a super full circle moment for me to stand up there and to empower others to give to something that was really important and also share my truth in front of an audience all at once. It was just, it was such a beautiful and edifying experience. And so we do that. We give to the, the a local children's home. We, in fact, we've gone there and actually installed curtains because they didn't have curtains in the, in the, the kids like lounge rooms. We, we got them a, a like a video game set up that I don't know what it was, PlayStation or something and <laughs> that they really wanted. And so it's just, it's just brings us so much joy to be able to get involved in this way and to, um, have that be a real cornerstone in my actual business. And then to also teach others how to do that as well. I love that you are able to make such a huge impact, especially in the area of children's sexual abuse, because I know yes. how much that means to you. Let's, mm-hmm. let's talk about this for a moment. Your ability sure. to give and make impact right now. Did you have that same ability to give and make impact before your business was thriving? No, no, not at all because I didn't have any time. I was working, you know, 50, 60 hours per week. And I worked with a lot of nonprofits at my institution. So I did feel that there was, there was a give back there. And I was able to do things like give kids experiences of going down and meeting the hockey players and the coach and high-fiving the mascots. And, um, I had some really beautiful experiences that like bring me to tears to think about it, but, but it was all through, you know, like I didn't independently have my own, ability to really give other than in the confines of kind of how that worked that that played out and there were a lot of like rules and regs I had to follow there now I mean and my income at my old job I didn't have the ability we we didn't really have a lot of wiggle room and so now it's built into the structure of our business it's actually built into the revenue model and also if we just decide when we go to an event if we want to bid on something or we want to write a check to something or you know we have the ability to do that now in ways that we never had before and sponsor a family member in a race or something they're doing like that isn't something i have to think about 
it's just like, yeah, of course we're going to do that. And, um, that freedom from a time perspective to actually go to events. Like I did a keynote speech at the relay for life, um, event recently. And Ben's mom passed away from cancer last year. And so to be able to honor Barbara and stand up and look in the eyes of all these survivors that were standing there on the track, getting ready to walk for like 18 hours around a track, um, was so special to me. And I have the space in my calendar now to do things like that. Wow. That's incredible. Now, Let's take that question a step further. Did you have just as large of a desire to be able to give in this way before your business was thriving? I don't think I even, um, I think yes, but I didn't even understand what was possible because I still had a lot of, lot of, you know, baggage to clean up around my money mindset. Oh my God. So think about that. Listen to this breakthrough. It's not only that you didn't have as much money and time to mm -hmm. give, but you also, didn't it wasn't even on your radar because yeah. you hadn't addressed your your money mindset along with some other baggage. Like, if if that doesn't show the importance of people becoming as successful as they are meant to become, so that they can then mm -hmm. go make a way bigger impact, I don't know what does. Yeah, amen. That is <laughs> amen. remarkable. I th I think you just did one of the best jobs ever of illustrating our responsibility to become as successful as we are capable of being. Because the fact that it wasn't even on your radar to do these things. And now you're standing up, sharing your story and literally 10 xing the income that night for the foundation. Mm -hmm. That's just, yeah. that's, it's amazing yeah. how far that's come. Yeah, it's, it is amazing. And it's, um, and it creates such a ripple effect for others, especially when we get to be coaches and leaders in the space, right? And you're helping, I actually am helping people inside of the scaffolding of their businesses and they want to give in a bigger way. And so when in my mastermind group, we talk about what's your impact goal, you know, what, what is the impact? What's the personal, what's, what are the business goals? But the impact goal is like, what impact do you want to make, uh, in a, in a even bigger way? And there, and it's, you know, amazing. These female entrepreneurs, they want to give in a big way and they've got big goals and it's really inspiring to be a witness and, uh, you know, a partner in that journey with them. You work with mostly women entrepreneurs, right? I do. Yes. And I know you use the term mommypreneur quite a bit and you're really proud to be thriving in that role. Let's talk about that a minute because I feel like there are so many epically talented moms out there that know they have a calling, but they haven't reached it yet. And they've got a number of reasons that they believe in that they haven't reached it yet. What mm -hmm. are some of the most common, let's call them, you know, BS reasons. It's real to the person, but we know we could get them past it. Um, what are some of the most common BS reasons that are holding moms back from going out there and realizing their epicness? Well, I think it's the first is they don't have enough time. Um, and I, and I understand that, but you know what? We all have 24 hours in a day. And, and kids by and large do take naps and there are other people who will help take care of your children. So, I mean, I could like, you know, reverse engineer all those because I said them too, you know, and I've had those moments of it as well along the journey. But again, when you're called to something that's bigger, you're not, you're doing your child a huge disservice by not stepping into the fullness of who you really are and using your child here. Here's the big one. Okay. This is the big one. I see so many moms using their children as an excuse about what they're really afraid of. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It, it's a uh, hiding behind it, so to speak. Yes. And it was a huge sort of come to Jesus moment for me to eke out the places and spaces where maybe I was doing that myself. You know, where was I using my 
sweet little innocent child who's just being a kid as an excuse as to why I can't, you know, stay up a little bit later to launch the website, you know, get a little less sleep right now to put the thing together, be uncomfortable, do a Facebook live with your kid in the background, you know, sometimes, Hey, you know what? Nobody's perfect. And you actually look more real when you do it like that. Mm, And so I just, I want to challenge moms and, and parents in general, moms and dads, you know, to, to look at the places and spaces and like have love and empathy for yourself around this. Uh, but where could you maybe take some more ownership and get a little more disciplined with yourself around the big goals that you really have? I think that's it. The other one is that they say, well, I don't have the credibility. I don't have the degrees. I don't have the certifications. And, I, and I'll never forget um, standing in Mel Robbins' kitchen. Mel is a good friend. And she was someone I reached out to back when I was in my collegiate athletics career to, I just wrote, I wrote her a message on LinkedIn, Chris. And I wrote, I want to do what you do when I grow up. Would you have time for a 10-minute informational interview so I could just ask you some questions about how you got to where you are? I would be so grateful. Wow. And she she wrote me back, and she was on a plane. She was like, I'm coming home from Seattle right now. Here's my assistance information. I'll connect you. Reach out to her, and you'll get on my calendar. Wow. People don't realize that you get what you ask for, but most people are afraid mm-hmm. to ask, aren't they? Yeah. And so the point of, like, the, the barrier to entry to connect with her was really so minimal. And it was just because I had the courage to ask and, and maybe I just didn't know any differently, you know, and I just, I just knew what I wanted. And so I said, what the heck, what's the worst that could happen? She doesn't respond. Okay. And so it ended up being where we were long story short, we were going to have this, this day, her assistant called and said, so Mel is now taping a pilot TV show on the day you're coming for your informational interview. Would you be willing to come down to the house and be uh like be on the pilot and actually like be on the show in the episode. No way. And I was like, yeah. And so my husband and I went down and we did this whole like skit thing with her and it was like really it was incredible. And I remember we got there and she's getting her makeup and she's like, okay, let's go. I want to like let's do this thing, laser coaching. Let's go. What's what's the challenge? And I'm like, I don't know. I can't launch a business. I have this job. I don't have a certification. Da-da-da. And she said, you know what? You the only certification that you need is the one that you that symbolizes and signifies the transformation that you create in your own life. Oh, what so great advice. You, you're, you're only going to be able to teach what you've already gone through, what you've already experienced. And I remember taking that home and sitting at my desk one day. And I honestly, honest to God, I thought of Lori. I remember thinking at my desk of Lori and going, nobody wrote a letter and a permission slip or a prescription or a, a certificate saying to Lori, Hey, Lori, here, go get your dreams, girl. Here you go. Nobody told her she could do that except for herself. Maybe you a bunch of times over and over and over. <laughs> but but right, she just had to take the leap. And every successful entrepreneur out there, every successful person out there at some point just had to have that leap of faith and had to just go for it and use what they had. You know, use all of the ammunition and the fuel and everything behind you as to propel you forward. And so I was teaching at a university. I was the head of marketing and branding in a division one institution. I was being recognized as one of the top, you know, marketing professionals in the nation. Like, oh, okay, I can do something with this. I was also a fitness competitor and I was really, you know, I was the captain of my division one soccer team. And I was like, if I put all this stuff in a pot and I mix it up, 
this is really going to be the recipe for creating the next version of me. And I just have to now take the next step. Wow. I, I think you've just unlocked so many people that were sitting around waiting to be anointed. Yes. I no one's coming with a magic wand to tell you that you're good enough, that you can go for your dream, that you're like, okay, right now, Chris and I have our magic wands in our hands and we're blessing the microphones and saying, bibbity bobbity boo, go for it. It's your time. It is your time. If you're feeling called to it and you can't stop thinking about it and you're obsessively listening to podcasts and taking programs and all, it's time, my friend. Do oh, it. Yes. Amen. I totally love that. <laughs> so you might have already told us this one, but I've got a fun question I ask everybody. And awkward or not, I call it two minutes of bragging. What's your favorite oh. moment of giving? My favorite moment of giving would be Honestly, it's the, it's the on the stage one, you know, it really is. And I'll just tie in one story that came. So I wrote this check. Uh, this was a $2,500 check this is what I could do. And I still not, and this year is going to be exponentially more, which is so exciting and they don't even know it yet. So I just can't even wait for that moment. <laughs> um, so I wrote this check and I stood up on stage and I kicked off the giving for the night and all these people, there were teachers in the audience raising their hands going, I can only, I can literally only give $25, but I'm giving it. She had the courage to share her story and I'm going to give what I can possibly give. And it was like, oh, it was just tears. People were just giving whatever they could give. And it just created, just like you with your generosity challenge, like this ripple effect in the room of people just reaching into their wall and saying, I've got 10 bucks, like that's what I can do. And then other people, CEOs going, okay, I'm going to write a check for 1500 bucks right now. Um, but after the talk, after I gave my speech and we, we raised the money and it was just like, the, they were just like so gracious and also so surprised because they didn't think we were going to make that much on the night. These two parents came up to see me and they said, Amber, uh, we are members of the board and we support this organization. And this has become basically like our life's work. Our daughter, Caitlin, was 25 when she took her own life. And that is when we learned that she had been sexually abused. And we just beg you that you never stop telling your story, that you never stop sharing your truth. Wow. I can't imagine how you felt in that moment. Yeah. I mean, there were there were no words. It was just this like, deeply, deeply spiritual moment of just like holding them and just promising them, vowing to them that I would not stop telling my story for Caitlin. You know, so I think of her all the time and they created a website for her and I've gone on it and watched the video and of just of her and she was this bright light and this beautiful, beautiful girl and woman. And um, I just think about how many other Caitlins there are out there. Uh, and I know for sure that, um, when we can get into a state of empowerment and to a state of where we are, where we are helping other people who have gone through what we've gone through and are in a, a much more challenging position, it is the most life-giving thing there possibly is. And it is so incredibly healing at the same time. I can only imagine. I freaking love that. Do you want to share their website for everybody? So they can, you know what? Donate? I will, I, I need to find it. We'll um, put it in show I notes. Send it so we can put it in the notes. Yeah. Yep, we'll put it in show notes. So before I ask you the last question, what are you most excited that you're working on right now? And where can everyone find you? Because everyone's going to want to connect with you. Yeah. So I'm over at AmberLiliestrom.com. And I am. I also have a podcast called The Soul Field CEO, which Chris is on. So hopefully we link that up for you guys to listen to that conversation as well. Um, and then I'm on Instagram a lot. And I know you guys are too. I'm on, I do Insta stories every day of my zany life here. On We live on a lake and um, it's the best ever 
live in our dream house here. We love it so much. And so we live in New Hampshire, you know, so that's the other thing too. It's like, we're, we live in New Hampshire, which is kind of like a quirky place to, to be, but live free or die is our motto. And so it, no better place for me to be. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's where you guys can connect with me. Love it. All right. Last question. Why should people be unapologetic about their pursuit of wealth and success? Because you were put here for a reason. There's a one in 400 trillion chance that you are born now and that you are born also in a time when we are this connected and the ability to make our dreams come true is this accessible and possible. And it's not a mistake. It's not a coincidence that you are here now with people like us who are brothers and sisters in this movement of expansion and greater enlightenment and growth and consciousness. And so you, by you stepping into your truth and doing the work that's in alignment with your soul's purpose and calling, you are actually enhancing and increasing human consciousness and making this world a better place. And when you don't do that, when you shut the door on it out of fear, then you shut the door on the expansion and the growth of mankind. Oh, I love it. Amber, you crushed it today. You gave <laughs> so much great information. You're going to be unlocking people left and right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all that. Thank you, Chris, so much for just being the leader and the light that you are. And um, I'm just so honored to get to be on this incredible podcast. It's literally, literally, you are right on the top. Ben and I listen to all of your shows. We love it so much. Oh, I'm so honored. All right, we will see you soon. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.